chopped off heads, fake heads and blood. To me, riffs are fucking timeless. You've got generations of people going to see them. It's our best album so far. The fans have been asking for it. They've been asking for it for years. I would listen to it over and over and over again today. It's the music we play, man. You're either going to like it or not. There are satanic bands. Some of them really aren't. We're playing the craziest drunken debauchery show we've played probably ever. He is not a condition to be doing a podcast. You're listening to The Great Metal Debate Podcast. Metal fans, welcome back to The Great Metal Debate. This is Gom Thog, your infernal host. I'm joined by the master debater, Brian. Nobody ever denied my talent as a master debater that's for sure we have had a great metal season and it has been a season of headbanging i had the amazing experience just last week of attending a concert judas priest and uriah heap two old but still very heavy bands performing in nashville tennessee i'm kind of pissed off that you got to go see this you don't appreciate good metal anymore. You shouldn't be allowed to go into the doors. It had been a long time since I had been to a show that was in a 8,000-seat stadium. You know, I felt like I was going back in time, maybe back to the 80s for the show. Oh, you got to love a good 80s metal show, man. I lived there. That's where I lived my entire life. It was pretty awesome. I had the opportunity to photograph the bands and got to meet the rep from Live Nation and the PR company there uh, at Will Call to meet me, uh, along with some other photographers to take us back. It was pretty surreal. As we were waiting there, though, I looked over and I saw this guy who was also at Will Call getting his tickets. I'm like, dude, that guy looks so familiar to me. So, so familiar. I, like, opened my Instagram feed and scrolled through, and I'm like, yeah, that guy's familiar. I yeah. photographed that guy. That's a singer for Skid Row, T.P. Thorn. Oh, dude, I can't believe you saw that, man. That, that's awesome. Between sets, I looked over, and I saw the whole band was standing there. But it was pretty amazing to see them there for the pre-show. Man, 80s metal will never die, and that is the reason. Dude, let me let me just take the time just real quick and break here, man. I want to compliment you on your photographic skills. They have improved so much, dude. I, I looked at some of the uh, the photos from this concert, and, and Great Metal Debate fans, if you, if you haven't seen the photos that Gonfog took of this show, go back and look. Well, it, and it was amazing. This is the largest venue I've ever gotten to take photographs in and of course in a big concert situation like this they escort you in you get to photograph just the first three songs and then you are escorted out you got to put up your camera after that so it was a very short window for both uriah heap and priest and also a very different experience you know brian normally i'm in tiny clubs with piss poor lighting I'm cranking up my camera to try to get as much light as possible. Oh, With yeah. Priest oh, and Uriah yeah. Heap, they've got these professional spotlights. 
And so yes. it's a whole different environment and situation. But it was an amazing one to be in, to be right there, right in the pit to photograph those bands. Uriah Heep, I'm not a 70s hard rock kind of guy. To see Uriah Heep, that was pretty damn cool. Those guys really impressed me with their performance. They've got a lot of energy on stage. They are older dudes, but they rocked out, man, and I, I came away damn impressed. Listen, man, you speak about their energy. It may be demonic in nature. Have you ever seen the album cover to, I think I've actually talked about this before in the podcast, their album cover to their 80s uh, album, Abominog, they got that demon face. And I swear to you, it's the eyes of the organ player because he looked me right in the eye when I saw him in the 80s. The very same lineup you're talking about, Priest and Uriah Heep. And I'm pretty sure that I got demon-possessed in that moment. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the organ player stole his shirt from my grandpa because <laughs> it was old school to be sure. Oh, Satan takes but, what he wants when he wants it, brother. I love the new bands. I think the new bands are the best, but I will give it to the old bands. They've been around a time or two. They understand how to be theatric and put on a performance, and every one of those guys in Uriah Heap put on a performance. You get your money's worth when you go to see a band who's been around 40 years. I think you've hit upon the very key to the difference in a concert these days we're going to talk about large and small venues. Those guys knew how to play small-style venue in a large-scale opportunity. They understand, And we've lost that in metal. A lot of today's metal stars find it hip or chic to appear, to not give a shit about their fans, to just be there and in love with the music. And I don't have a problem with that, except that there people pay a lot of money to see them and support them. Get a little bit into it, man. I'm glad that you finally saw some real metal, dude. I think it does your soul good, and I think you may be possessed by Abominog. Yeah, I'm not going to call it real metal. I, I think your eye heap is as much hard rock as metal, but they did impress. And then it was Judas Priest, and I'm a huge oh. fan of Priest. Oh, I yeah. haven't missed a tour since the Turbo Tour back in 1986. To get to see them again was quite a treat. I was curious how well they would perform. KK is gone. Glenn Tipton is gone. So you've got two new guitarists. I was still impressed. It's not the priest Man. of old. It's not the same thing as you got on the Painkiller Tour back in the day. But I was super impressed by their performance, the stage show, and particularly their set selection was outstanding. They played great songs from their back catalog. Off Turbo, they played Out in the Cold. That's somebody in the band's favorite song. They play it every time I see them. That was the first time they played it since 1986. Wait a minute. They literally have not played it since 1986. So they, I they swear, do not play I, it every time. I remember that in their show the last time I saw them on the... You're uh, making that up. They have not played yeah, it since 1986. No, by God, in my head, they were playing that shit. Don't tell me what oh, I Oh, I'm saw. sure in your head, but in actuality, they did not play it, which well, always ahead, just makes give me wonder some about... Suck it, buddy. He's <laughs> making that shit up. Off British Steel, they played Steeler, a song I'd never heard them play before. Off Hellbent for Leather, they played Killing Machine. 
Off Painkiller, they played All Guns Blazing. Off Screaming for Vengeance, they played Take These Chains. Man, they're doing some B-side shit there. Man, I thought they were great selections. Now, I will say they were selections that were, I think, attuned to Halford's vocal ability at this point. Yeah, Not even a compression box can help him. They they catered to his reign. He's not the screamer from even 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, when I looked at the great photos that you put up, and when I saw Halford in that first picture, my first thought was, oh, my God, Peepaw was at the show. He looks a little more the uh, old veteran, and I'm sure that his voice, 10 times better than the the best going now, but I'm sure that he struggles to, to make the grade on that. He impressed me. Again, vocally, he can't do what he used to do. He's still a good vocalist. And I'll tell you what, man, after the first song, he came out for Necromancer off the new album in, uh, you know, this like uh, voodoo 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 priest or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty amazing. But after that song they played, Heading Out to the Highway, he was moving around. It was hard for me to get photos of him because he kept running back and forth each side of the stage, man. The, the last time I saw him, what was the last album? Jugulator? Or no, uh, shit. Dude, off the last album that they put out, he could barely get around the stage, man. He, he like, would take the steps one foot at a time. It's good to, good to hear that he's out, out and about and moving. He, he had surgery, and I'm sure that helped. It sounds like an obscure set list, but a great set list none, nonetheless, man. I, mean, I, don't, I wouldn't call it obscure. These are great tracks by Priest. If you're a Priest fan, you love Steeler. You love Killing Machine. You love All Guns Blazing. If you're a true Priest fan, you're like, I don't need to hear you've got another thing coming for the 18th time on you tour. That can go tongue. off the set list. Are you serious? God, yes, here we go. Ruining they did the not legend. play that. And I, as a true Priest fan, I'm like, thank God. What? We don't need to hear that again. Oh, my God. You... You want them to grow as an artist. I want the freaking legends of metal, the leaders of the British invasion. Just come out and play British Steel. That's all I need. I don't care about anything else. Anyway, it sounds like a great show, dude. It sounds like you had a good time. You got to see the old Skid Row, some true heavy metalers there for a change. It was impressive. I've got to give it to Priest. They still pulled it off, and... We know when Halford exited the stage, yeah. the backdrop just said these words, the priest will be back. Oh, I think yeah. they will be. Till the day you they know, die. And that's the thing. It might not even be with Halford. It might be all new guys. But I think Judas Priest is more than just the guys in the band. It's kind of an idea about heavy metal, and that's what I respect. I have to say this sentence, and I don't know if I've ever said it before. I couldn't agree with you more. All right, man. Well, with classic metal acts like priest and uriah heap we definitely want to keep in the traditional metal vein for the songs on this podcast off their 2017 release and so they fall this is heavy justice with the track demon seed
That was Demon Seed by California Metal Quartet, Heavy Justice. Dude, let me tell you, when I heard Heavy Justice playing Demon Seed, I almost popped my Demon Seed. That's how good this band is. I really, really enjoyed this song. This is one of those bands where I would love to see what they could do with a major producer and just get their mix down right. I really enjoyed this track. So, Brian, as I was there at the Priest and Uriah Heap show at Nashville Municipal Auditorium, that was one of the larger venues that I'd been at recently. And I started having some thoughts just about shows at big venues like that and just kind of what is the ideal place to see a metal show? I'm actually quite surprised that you went to the concert because it was at that venue. I know that you are very passionate about the up-close-and-personal interaction at the small venues, and I have to admit, you've made a believer out of me with that. I I absolutely love the small venue. I think you could get away with a medium-sized venue, something like Marathon Music Works in Nashville has a, a nice-sized place. You can stand and get close. The smaller venue is the way to go. There's just something about that personal contact. But here's the thing, and I said it just earlier in the podcast. If you're going to play a large arena, you have to know how to play a large arena. You have to be able to make the fans feel like they're right there with you. And that's a lost art form in today's metal. What I was actually thinking as as I looked around after I was done shooting Priest, this place isn't half full. And yet, this was the right place for them to play. They were able to provide their full stage show. And this was not general admission. So literally, you had several hundred people who paid in the hundreds of dollars for their tickets to sit and stand close. Several thousand people who paid in the high under hundred, you yeah. know, maybe eighty-five, seventy-five dollars yeah. Yeah. To, to, yeah. to be not quite as close. And then... Around the edge, people who paid $35 to just be in the venue. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you a question. Help me understand this. What makes it the perfect place for priests? I understand that you get the, the difference in quality and tickets. And Was there something else other than, than just that, that that gave you the idea that, hey, this was where they should have played, as opposed to, you know, the Diamond Pub in Louisville, or, uh, you know, Ford uh, Auditorium in Evansville, which is larger than that even, I believe. It's the perfect place because you can segment fans by their ability to pay. And so Priest was able to make the most money that they could by performing in that venue. If you go to a smaller venue where you're going to have general admission on the floor, you can't do that. And I I guess... I'm kind of conflicted in this modern era where bands don't make any money off of their albums. I understand the need to make as much money as possible off touring. That includes things like meet and greets where people pay a premium to get a piece of swag, to meet and get a photo with a band that others don't get. Well, you know, I've tried to have a meet and greet for my own self, but nobody will pay hundreds of dollars to meet and greet me. I think you have to have the name draw in order to make that part work for you. Is the supergroup, are they on their way out? Are bands like Priest 
never going to happen again? Is there not ever going to be another Iron Maiden in heavy metal? I don't know how to answer that question. I would argue that there are many bands that are much better than both Priest and Iron Maiden. Yeah, but that's not the... In particular, speaking about the venue reference question, I don't think there's going to be bands that carry that kind of touring and and only super bands from the 80s could still pull that off that's i I think that's my point there i don't know if that's the case i saw priest play in a theater general admission in st louis probably held 3,000 3,500 people back in 2001 it was an amazing show But part of what made it amazing, Brian, was that there wasn't this artificial segmentation of the fan base based on how they could pay. The most passionate fans were down front as close to the stage as possible. Because, not because Uh, we could pay more, but because we were the most passionate. You you loved them more, yeah. Exactly. I can can actually get behind that. You know, I think... I think that makes the case for the smaller venues, too. But it wouldn't have to be the smaller venue. Priest could have played Nashville Municipal Auditorium, charged, let's say, $50 per person or however much, and brought the same stage show. What they chose to do, and I'm not saying it wasn't a rational decision, what they chose to do was segment out the fan base by how well they could pay. The guys in Skid Row... They were sitting down front because they could pay to sit down front. They could pay, yeah, yeah. My concern is that maybe the most hardcore Priest fans were the ones in the back of the auditorium. I I totally get what you're saying. I would say that that actually elevates them in my book as to who's the better fan because they're so diehard crapping themselves to see Priest, they'll humiliate themselves with upper-level nosebleed tickets just to be there. A a fan like you used to be, I should add. I just have a bias, and I'll just set this out there. Uh, Yeah. My bias is that the hardcore fans should be as close to the action as possible, and that the ability to pay a premium price to be close to the band during a concert... That's not a good way to have a, that's not a, it may be a profitable way. It may be the way that you can have the most efficient tour. And I don't begrudge Priest on that. But from a fan perspective, I want the rowdies, I want the hardcore fans to be down front screaming. And the people who are just kind of being there, whether they have a lot of money or not, they can stand in the back. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have a right to be pissed at Priest because they're going for the buck instead of allowing the guys in the upper deck that would drain blood from their bodies? Do you begrudge Priest their money? I don't begrudge begrudge them. I'm not angry at them. I just don't think from a metal fan perspective that's not the way to do it. I think that there should be loyalty on both sides of the aisle. I think that bands should try to accommodate the fanatics but I also think they deserve to make their money because they put in all the hard work. That is a tough-ass question. I do think that in the future, no bands will be able to pull off the arena shows unless you're freaking Justin Bieber pop act. 
uh, instead of true metal like Halford and them. Uh, in the end, I choose a smaller venue. I don't care about the size of the venue. I'm an advocate for the metal fan, and I think if you're a big fan of a band, you should have the opportunity to be as close to the performance as possible. Yeah, we could do a whole other show on who decides who's the fan, but you know what? I'm going to give this one to you because I think you make a good point. Speaking of good points, why don't you point us on to the next good song? Well, Brian, we have another metal track with a classic 70s metal sound. From their 2018 self-titled album, we have Wolf Tooth with Sword of My Father.
stoner doom metalers Wolf Tooth with their song Sword of My Father. Man, I loved the Sword of My Father. I thought the band's name was Wolf Tooth, and so I got excited about that because I'm a middle school humor guy. I liked the aggressiveness, and I'll go back to the very first statement I ever made about good music on this podcast. It was metal that grabbed me by the balls and drug me along or going. So, Brian, deceased heavy metal musician Ronnie James Dio is going on tour. He is. He'll be hitting stages across the U.S. with living musicians, uh, including Craig Goldie, Simon Wright, and friend of the podcast, Tim Ripper Owens. I have heard Ripper do some of Dio's stuff in, uh, live. I mean, nobody can be Ronnie James, but he does him justice. This is billed as a 90-minute celebration of Ronnie James Dio that will include fan favorites such as Holy Diver, King of Rock and Roll, and We Rock. Fans? <laughs> oh, shit, Fans will get to see the hologram of Dio perform material ranging from Rainbow to Black Sabbath and his own Dio material. Brian, what are we to think of Dude, I, the resurrection of metal legends in hologram form? You know what, man? If we can find a way to celebrate probably the most widely accepted best heavy metal voice ever, I, why not, man? I mean, what? You know, you could make you do all kinds of funny things on it if you really wanted to. I have concerns about this. Oh, why does that not surprise you me? Know, I went you to see the Iron Maidens earlier this year, and they were yes. a very entertaining, excellent performers, basically playing a tribute yeah. to Iron Maiden. But it concerns me that this is the future direction of metal, that everything is becoming a tribute, that metal fans would prefer to see a resurrected hologram of a metal singer singing dated songs instead of new, exciting, fresh oh. metal from fresh artists. This is disturbing, and I think it's a problem that needs to be crushed before it gets out of hand. You're such a dick. You just talked about how great the band from the 80s was, and you're going to not want to do it with another band because it's a hologram. If I had the choice to go see Dio Live or a hologram, I'd choose Dio Live every time. But since I don't have that choice, why not allow me to go watch whatever the hell I want? But why not go see an actual live band? It's not live. It's He's dead. And you're like some sort of a perverse voodoo wizard trying to resurrect him and play this old shit that should die with him. You always find a way to shit on nostalgia like it's some sort it of is. disease. Nostalgia can be the... No, it can be the perfect complement no. to a new love of you new music. You said it, Brian. Nostalgia didn't is have a it, disease. You didn't have it's it. It's a disease oh, that must be eradicated. Yeah. And this is a problem. If you, if you can, can resurrect Ronnie James Dio, then what's next? Lemmy from Motorhead? You can kiss the crack of my 1980s metal ass you wouldn't have bands like you love today if there weren't bands that started the The bands from the 80s, guess what? They had great people that they admired from a time before them. It's generational. That's what metal should be. It should be generational. Metal will never die, and this is why, because we keep bringing it back and reinventing it. I saw Priest play just this past <clears throat> week, 
and classic priest guitarist KK Downing and Glenn Tipton were nowhere to be seen. In their place, they had Richie Faulkner and Andy Sneap. But what if instead of actual live musicians, they had had holograms of KK and Glenn performing all the Priest classics live on stage? This is where we're headed. I think it's an awful dystopian future that needs to be nipped in the bud before it destroys actual live music. Dude, here's the thing. Would you rather rather see holograms of the previous KK and Glenn or current KK and Glenn, one dressed in a dress and the other can't keep his hands from moving long enough to put a dress on. You gotta go with what works, man. And sometimes what works when you have no alternative. We have one final song for the show, going back a bit more heavy and dark. Hailing from Fort Wayne, Indiana is Carcosa with their track, Archfiend.
from the debut 2018 EP Harvest of the Adept. That was Blackened Death called Carcosa with their song Archfiend. Brian, what do we have coming up on the next episode? Dude, you have sent me a list of music that I am so excited to start talking about. Bands that maybe not a lot of folks have heard of, but I guarantee you they're going to hear them. And the ones I pick are going to be much better than the ones you pick. Brian, I have selected several amazing songs that are going to blow your mind and are going to hopefully save you from the repugnant dregs of nostalgia that you are trapped in and resurrect you into the fullness of the new metal life. Dude, I have no doubt that you have songs that can blow me, uh, but I don't know about blow me away. I can tell you this, though. Lucifer's hammer is going to hit you on the head like you've never been given head before. Until we come back, a reminder you can listen in to all the great Metal Debate content, debate podcasts, artist interviews, album reviews, and fan casts on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And check us out on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for the keywords Metal Debate. Until our next podcast, sell your soul for metal and defend it until your dying day.